0: There are some patients who will break everything you put in them. They do. Yeah. They break everything. Um, they will break porcelain, or they'll break abutments, or they'll break screws, or they'll break implants. They'll just break stuff. There are some patients who are just destructive. Welcome to the Dental Implant Podcast with your host, Pav Kara, your source of knowledge for all things relating to dental implants. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something valuable.
1: I hope okay great so thank you for joining me on the next dental implant podcast as you can tell uh it's a little bit later on in the even- in the evening because i've got my nice <laughs> comfy clothes on which uh, i'm known for i <laughs> much prefer to sit in comfort than anything else um <clears throat> thank you to everybody who's been giving me feedback with regards to what you'd like to listen to and uh, it's, it's giving me a lot of content moving forward as well um i am i i'm very happy to have uh, bill share for joining me today um i have known bill for uh, quite a few years i even went down to his practice which is, is absolutely stunning it's it, bill what you've built there is just absolutely in, 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 incredible and uh, you know thank you for, for, for letting me come down all those many years ago uh, <clears throat> bill is a dual qualified Uh, dentist and uh, doctor and bill am i correct in saying you're a specialist oral surgeon is that correct
0: yeah yeah that's right yeah
1: yeah so um for those of you who know bill uh, i've mentioned this uh, a number of times is bill's an absolute gentleman he will um, highlight uh, his his own complications Uh, i have never known bill ever Yeah, I've never known Bill to ever belittle anybody, Um, and uh, he's just fantastic to learn from. So uh, I'm hoping to get a a lot of information uh, today, and then I'll be picking up on a few things as well. Uh, So, Bill, one of the main reasons I've asked you to come on today is just throw over your experience uh, with regards to Morse taper connections and short implants. Uh, if I've missed anything with regards to uh, to, to to your bio, please, please feel free to add in there as well.
0: Bios fine. You, people can look look me up on Google or whatever the the bios. I, I place implants. That's it. I, I yeah. was lucky in that the dentist that got me started placing implants. 25 years ago this year, um, was using Bicon implants. So not knowing anything about dental implants, I started using Bicon implants. Uh, and it's a great little system. It's got a morse taper. In fact, it's it's got a proper morse taper, uh, a proper locking taper. There are no screws. The abutment taps into the implant. And um, I kind of, for a long while, thought that was pretty normal for implants. Um, for me i've always probed around my implants um i've always expected that when i take an abutment off there won't be a nasty smell and um th- that was just normal for me for years and years and years i didn't place a different type of implant for 10 years of uh yeah for 10 years after that when i placed my first ankylos implant Uh, And we've been placing Anklos implant now for 15 years. Um, Anklos and Bicon share a lot of similarities. They've got a a deep, steep internal taper. I don't really like calling it a Morse taper because that's a very specific engineering term. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it's got a deep, steep taper, which means that it seals the inside from the outside of the implant very well. Um, I've placed a whole load of different implants. I've placed deep, steep tapered implants. I've placed external hex implants i've placed all kinds of different things i've been sent other people's cases with other people's implants to sort out we you know everyone gets those don't you my, my crown's come loose or this has happened and we all get to sort those out sometimes you you take off an abutment and you just it it whiffs it's smelly it it stinks you know you get patients who kind of suck on their their implant and they can taste something's not quite right they, they get that odor and I, I can honestly say that with a deep steep tapered implant you just never get that at all um I can bury my implants way down deep under the bone way down deep um without worrying that the bone's instantly going to follow now do you always need to place things deep no Sometimes you can't place things deep. Sometimes you have to place it at the level of the bone. But sometimes you've got a bony crest that's sloping. So then what do you do? Do you build up the slope that's low by vertical augmentation? That's just hard work. Do you place the implant too shallow on one side or too deep on the other side? It's no win. Um, and mm-hmm. if, if you have an implant system that has a tendency to lose bone to the connection, if you place it below the level of the bone, then, then that just means that you can't place it below the level of the bone easily. So for me, I've always steered towards internal steep, deep conical connections, uh, whether it's Astra, whether it's Megagen, AnyRidge, whether it's Bicon, whether it's Anklos. Uh, to be honest, I mainly use ANCLOS. Yeah yeah but but for me i'm also very very much of the opinion that all implants work if you know how to use them and you have a bit of luck
1: yeah i mean um I think a very important point that that, that you 've highlighted already is a lot of different implant systems work very nicely. Um, one of the reasons why i 've moved to X-Hex at the moment is i 'm doing a lot of full arch work and for yeah, me to get uh, for, yeah for me to get that internal correction with a, a southern coaxis. It means it's chewing up less into the prosthetic height because I can use a straight multi-unit yep. abutment. Um, Completely, I think. Uh, uh, I think XHex gets a bad rep because a lot of a lot of people don't understand how to use it properly. And historically, is they're talking about the 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 the, the, the abutments uh, the abutments coming loose over time. Now, uh, an issue with that is. Is a lot of those older studies that are based upon UCLA buttments which don't fit as well. Um, and what, what we know is if you get a super precise fitting interface and you talk that XX hub. up up really nice and tight you actually get a very uh, a a, a, a very stable connection now i'm not saying that uh, that you're never going to have problems with it (coughs) but what i am trying to express is as with a deep steep internal connection there's a way of using the implant the same is true for an external hex as well there's a certain way of using it and a lot of people aren't aware of those nuances and start to run into trouble so bill if you wouldn't mind could you go over some of the nuances of using the deep, steep internal uh, connections.
0: So so there are are some things about them that are just glorious and some things that are a bit of a pain in the butt. The the glorious bit is when I'm using one of these type of implants, I never, ever take an x-ray to see if my impression post is fully seated because it always seats. It it never crosses my mind that it doesn't. Whereas when I was trying to restore my noble speedy external hex implants you had to take an x-ray uh, to check to verify that the uh, um impression coping was down um so so th- there are some things that are that are glorious the the pain can be if you're doing a two-stage implant <clears throat> as with any implant you can get bone right over the top but but you're more likely to if you are burying the implant deeper when you fit a a healing abutment, a sulcus form or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you have it starting from a narrow emergence and then flaring out to get to your molar or premolar size diameter and mm-hmm. if your implant is buried deep, you have to contour the bone above it and most of the time, if you're only burying the implant a millimeter or two millimeter deep, it's not an issue. But sometimes, where you've got that real sloping ridge, the you know the premolar region in in uppers, where you know it slopes right up to the sinus, then sometimes you've got to you know take a big round burr and dig into that lovely bone that you don't want to to remove in order to make sure that your component seat without binding. I saw we were both commenting on a case on a on a uh, an international website about yes uh, an an Anklos implant the lost bone and, yes. and I, who knows what the reason was but i suspect that the that the healing cap was was uh, making ischemic necrosis on the bone
1: yeah i, I remember that case actually and as soon as as soon as you pointed it out as i was like, actually yeah you know what if you if you looked at that healing abutment it was right on the crest one of the things that I've noticed because I have worked in practices where they have been placing ankylos for a very, very long time is the bone levels tend to be extremely stable. I've seen, not, not my cases because I haven't been placing this long, but I've seen cases which have got stable bone levels after, after 15 years. And that's obviously what you want from, uh, uh, for, for, from an implant system. And I think as well as that deep, steep internal connection um, that you, you get the automatic platform switch with that as well. But when you place it deep, uh, deep as well, Bill, you get this really nice. It's, it's like a long soft tissue connection going right down to the neck of the implant. So you get that really nice thickness of soft tissue around it as well. Would you, would you agree with that? That's one of the parameters that, that, that helps with the stability.
0: I agree with you. I think that there are some implant systems that have nice stable bone, but I've seen bone loss on every single implant system that's out there. Uh, I've seen bone loss on every single implant of different systems that I've placed. You know, Mm -hmm. so I would love to think that if you use one implant system, you're not going to get bone loss, but you do. Um, and, And I don't think it matters which one you use. I, I think that, um, I like the platform switch that you automatically have to get with an internal deep steep taper. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the fact that it's it's effectively not a septic connection, so you don't have bugs oh. in that gap. Do you, I mean, you'll yeah, you know, no, you you might not remember the the bone loss down to the first thread. Um, yeah. Bit that that every implant was supposed to get and that always yeah. kind of that always kind of made me think this is really stupid because because the thread is spiral so yes. the height of the first thread on one side of the implant is different from the height of the thread on the other side and so how yeah. how does it know where to stop and what height it's supposed to be at and all of that you know it was all just a a biological space away from the septic connection, as far as I could see. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you, you were talking a little bit ago about um abutments coming loose. Um yeah. and I'm again I'm sure that there are different talks that you talk things up to and different machining tolerances and different loading parameters put on. But I have to say, I saw a lot of my multi-unit abutments on external hex nobels coming loose mm-hmm. you took the bridge off yep. and they were loose now yeah you, know, you had yep. you had 12 degree 12 you know points of rotation on those abutments so they were they were easy enough to put back in the right position and tighten but they came loose a lot you know whereas um you know the the non-indexed ankylos abutments really just don't they just don't yep. come loose um yep and it's just as well they don't because you never get them back in the right position because they're not indexed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, in- interestingly, I, I, I was reading a paper. It was only a few few weeks ago, which was talking about um, uh, preload in different uh, connection types. And one of the connections that they assessed was actually external hex. And this is one of the reasons why I believe is external hex, it can actually be a predictable connection if you use it correctly Um, one of the parameters that they looked at was the degree of lubrication when the abutments were actually talked into place and what they demonstrated is that you need a lubricant on um uh, on an external hex implant now the lubricant that i use is is, is is blue m gel uh, just because it's it's readily available it's apparently it's oxygenating i haven't read into it that much but what they demonstrated is if you don't have that lubricant and you're tightening an abutment on a on an external hex implant the chances of you achieving appropriate preload are less than five percent that means 95 percent of your cases are not going to be secure and as soon yeah. as you uh, as soon as you lubricate that external hex and then talk it, all of a sudden you're talking about over 90% uh, uh, pre, uh, 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 cases achieve the appropriate preload. And the second thing that I do, is, again, is I re after 10 minutes. Um, right. Again, I'm not saying that I don't have problems, Bill, because I have had problems. I've had um, screws uh, uh, fracture. The nice thing for me with regards to external hex is the connection's passive. So it's... I've had, a, 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 I've had an abutment break before and where the screw's broken as well, and I've literally taken the crown off, and you can, I can get an ultrasonic on the head of that screw. And because it's passive, it's out within, w- within four or five seconds. Yeah. So sure. there are pros and cons to, to each and every d- type of uh, implant connection. And again, it goes back to what you are saying, is using it properly.
0: Yeah, that is a con for the deep, steep internal taper. Is if you have a fractured abutment, there can be a bugger to get out. Like like the bicon case I posted
1: on the ADI. Right. Yeah. God, that was Absolutely. emotional. Any tips on getting about? Because I've got a, I've got a bicon to take out next week. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I don't know I think the I'm abutment or the out. implant. Uh, the 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 uh, the implant itself.
0: The implant itself. So, so the, the big yeah. thing to remember with those is you can't unscrew them. So okay. you either are trefining them out, or you
1: are yeah. cutting a window and levering it out. Yeah, I think I'll try. I think I'll try the bone lid first. <laughs> it might be a bit more, yeah, okay. a bit more conservative. So it's um, <clears throat> one of the uh, w- one of the aspects that I find uh, confusing is. I can see the pros and cons of a deep, steep internal connection. I can see the pros and cons of uh, of an external hex as well. Is I'm not as keen on internal hex connection. I find that it doesn't <clears throat> for me an internal hex. It, it doesn't really give the benefit of either. Um, and it, for me, it's it's. I would prefer to either go deep, steep internal connection, or I would uh, or I would prefer to to remain hex hex. How, how do you feel about about internal hex build? Just your standard internal so it, hex.
0: build? it all depends on the whether you are compromising the the biological seal that you would get with a deep steep taper by cutting mm. a load of that taper out and putting a hex in instead. A hex has yeah. to have play. It has to have play. You know, to, in order to be able to get it in, there's tolerance in there. Whereas mm. a deep steep taper will bind at some point so Mm -hmm. provided that the hex isn't preventing a good surface area of metal to metal contact with Mm -hmm. the taper then fine so uh ankylos didn't have an index and then it did have an index Mm -hmm. you know i i i like the index but if it's a bridge and can only go on you know the right way or the wrong way, uh, then we won't use indexed impl- uh, abutments. You know because you uh-huh. don't need them. In fact, yeah. it makes it harder. So yeah.
1: yeah. So what are your thoughts? Because uh, I, I, and the reason why I'm asking this is I saw you posted a case not very long ago. It was about a week or so ago where you had a lady. Was it her her bicon had fractured?
0: Yeah, that was that was a one on Friday that. I had a very emotional time cutting out the three millimeter post. Is
1: is there a downside to using um, a deep, deep internal connection in parafunctioning patients? Are you concerned that uh, that 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 something's going to fracture, and something's going to break, or you're finding that actually it's it, it's, it's no more it's no more problematic than uh, than the, the, the other implant systems?
0: There are some patients who will break everything you put in them. They do. They break everything. Um, They will break porcelain or they'll break abutments or they'll break screws or they'll break implants. They'll just break stuff. There are some patients who are just destructive. Now, Mm -hmm. um, we will, all of us, tend to then ramp up everything that we can to make what we do as strong as possible. Um, But they still manage to break stuff. So this lady Mm -hmm. managed to break a solid three millimeter titanium alloy post. Yeah. You know, the the I have no idea how. No idea how. Uh, she'd broken, you know, it it's a solid piece of metal. It is not, you know, if you think about most abutments, they have a hole through the middle of them for a screw. This is a solid yeah. titanium alloy chunk, and she yeah. managed to break it, you know. Um so, so what do you do? Uh, you know, it would be lovely if I could spot all of these patients before they broke everything that I put in them. But, but, you know, I'm not that astute. I'm not that clever. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes you get patients who come to you when they've been treated by someone else with implants and broken everything. And then you go, oh, well, you know, I, I think this is a challenging case and I'm not sure I'm the man for it, but, but, you know, it's hard when, when know this lady is a young lady she's you know not built like a Russian shop putter uh, it's her first implant good dentition elsewhere you know why is she breaking this but she is and of course she's getting married this year so it has to be
1: fixed <laughs> just just to add on more pressure just, just. <laughs> I, think, I think one of yeah. one of the things that i I've noticed over the years <laughs> is is sometimes there's there, there's there's you can have complications. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, sometimes you get a patient where plenty of bone, good bone quality, soft tissue's great. It's a healed site. Medically, they're fitting well, not, 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 not an old patient. And you think, oh, this is a slam dunk case. You put in the implant and the implant fails or you get some sort of complication <coughs> and um, you get, patients on the opposite end of the scale where you know you do the implant you think you see yourself oh god that patient's going to be back with the implant in their hand the next week and the implant integrates absolutely fine uh one of the things that <clears throat> that really stuck with me after my visit to you a few years ago bill <coughs> is i asked you i said um uh, you know what, what what should i do about failures and your advice to me was don't take it personally because it happens to everybody. So I just want to reassure to anybody who's listening, failures happen to me. They're going to continue to happen to me. Um, and I think anybody who says that they get a hundred percent success rate, they are either placing two in- implants per year or they're or they're lying. For me, it's that simple. Um, so for, you know, it's failure, fa- failures can happen, um, and based upon that, Bill is. Are there any tips or tricks that you can impart when you're using a deep, steep internal connection, um, which may improve success rates?
0: So so a few things. First of all, um, I think it's absolutely right that people do look to themselves first when there's a failure, because it's really easy to blame everything else, the implant, they smoke, they didn't look after it, they bit on it when I told them not to. You know, they didn't brush it like they should. all of those things. but you know, it was me that chose to put the implant in that person. It was me that uh-huh. gave them the advice on how to look after it. You know It's down to me. and it should be. Now that doesn't mean to say that I've done anything wrong. Um, one of the reasons I take surgical photos um, of every implant I put is because if there's a problem, you can go back yeah and it's not it's not evidence for if there's a litigation or anything like that because I've never needed that yet it's yeah. because I'm questioning myself did I screw up did I mess it up you know and and I've yeah. placed a few implants and you know i've i'm I'm fairly experienced at this, but the first thing I think of if if there's a a problem or a failure is did I mess up and so um and I think that's right yeah and, and i i I get frustrated with people that choose to blame anything and everything else. You know, the, the first thing I look at is 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 me, and I think that's right. Um, it, you know, how do you prevent failures with with deep deep? T- I don't think there's any difference from from anything else apart from the one thing that you've got with an implant that's buried is you may have to contour the bone above it in order to yep. fit wider healing components. Um, But Mm -hmm. then again, you know, the the number of times that I had to use a bone mill on on angled external hex uh, noble speedies to fit the components on the abutments on, it's no different. So I I don't think there's there's anything special. I, I would say that and I know you already do this, um, I think yeah. at the moment we, we've gone through winter where daylight hours are less, the sun's at a lower angle, so the intensity of the sun is less. Um, people are in lockdown, so they're not going out. And when they do go out, they cover themselves up with a mask. And, and we're seeing more failures. I, 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 yes. I get the impression we are. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that we're having floods of failed implants, but you know, if a failure rate goes from one and a half percent to three percent, it's double. Yeah. Um and and so all of my patients are getting recommended to take high dose vitamin D. Um mm-hmm. And and if there's a failure, I tell them they have to. Yeah, um, it's
1: uh, it's the same, it's the same for me. Bill, I, you know, I put my patients on high dose vitamin D. And if you if you remember, it was about a, a year ago, I, I posted on a group on Facebook a um a, 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 an implant that I placed for a patient which had, had yeah, a gonna... reasonable amount of, of 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 coronal bone loss around it. That's the right. bone it was just really diffuse around the neck. And I waited two months, took a PA, there was no bony infill. I waited another two months, took another PA, no more significant bony infill. Then I put the patients on vitamin D. I think it was about another six to eight weeks after that, complete bony infill. So I went from looking at this implant thinking I'm going to have to remove it, graft and replace it, to 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 the site fully regenerating, and it was purely down to that vitamin D. Um, so it, it is very very important, particularly for for patients with uh, uh, with with darker skin, my uh, my skin type. Yeah. We're virtually guaranteed to have a vitamin D deficiency, and correcting yeah. that is one of the most powerful things uh, th- things that we can do. Um, Bill, one of the questions that I asked Riaz, which I will ask yourself as well, because it is a trend that I'm noticing as well. I'm doing quite a lot of reading and research into the moment with regards to gut microbiome and uh, interleukin factors and osteoimmunology. Um, And we also know um, antidepressants, PPIs, they can all start to downregulate bone metabolism. Uh, and another factor that that can influence that as well is psychological stress. Now, obviously, people are becoming more stressed over the years. They are taking more um, uh, more ameprazole. They're on uh, they are on uh, antidepressants. Are you noticing a trend where patients are coming in systemically sicker and their their bone quality is not? It, it's not as good as what it what it used to be a few years ago. I don't have any hard data for it. That's just a trend that I that I'm noticing. I'm wondering if you're noticing the same. No,
0: no, no I, it's not something I've spotted. But but it, you know, it's like the frog in the boiling water. If it happens really slowly, you don't really notice it. Um, stress is obviously something that can affect every system in your body you know if your corticosteroids are generally raised you're effectively making yourself diabetic and 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 yes stress is you know th- things aren't normal at the moment so everyone's a bit stressed but what are you going to do about it you know that that's the new normal so just deal with it um, and if it means that you put everyone on vitamin D, if it means you leave implants a little bit longer to integrate, it, whatever it is that you need to do to make your system work, if mm-hmm. if you just build in more failures into your working model because you're having more failures, that's fine. Most people have no idea how many failures they have. Most people have no idea how many implants they place. I, yes. I love <laughs> I love hearing people talk about how many thousands of implants they place each year and they've never had a failure and you know it's just almost always when people brag about the number of implants they place i almost instantly the first thing i think of is you have no idea how many implants you place <laughs>
1: yes. have no idea how, how
0: many failures you get yeah
1: they're, they're ballparking and they're probably magnifying a bit, but they're probably magnifying the numbers that they're placing by about a factor of 10 is there experience. is
0: there is a, there is a natural human tendency to overestimate the number of implants you place and underestimate the number of failures and and until you are recording data very very you know carefully and specifically and looking interrogating that data you don't know you don't know you have no idea mm-hmm. I think that we are c- certainly in places like the centres that you work and and the centres centres that I work in. Yeah, you know, we have a we have a generally elderly population. You know, yeah. you, you and I we do a lot of full arches. You know, these mm-hmm. these tend not to be patients in their thirties. Um, they tend to be patients in their sixties and seventies, sometimes the eighties. Um, it's rare to have a patient in their seventies who's not a polypharmacy patient. Yeah. Um, you, you know. The, so so I, I I kind of expect these people to have sucky bone and you know, yeah. you just get on and work with what you got. Do it. <laughs> well, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> do the best with it. And I I have to say, like you mentioned, I, I've treated some patients that I look back on, I go, what was I thinking? Patients that were unbelievably unwell. I mean Terrifyingly unwell, and but desperate to to have treatment, and I've treated them, and and often they've worked just fine, and well. it's the other patients that you think are slam dunks, and you go, what on earth is happening here? What? Like you were saying about skin colour, we, we had a, a really lovely chap, but really, really lovely guy who very dapper, always beautifully dressed, bow tie, everything, a black guy who. Really didn't spend a lot of time outside as well. And my colleague placed two implants in the same site. They both failed. And then it was basically, Bill, can you, can you help? And yeah. I had a chat with him. And, and the first thing that we, we kind of worked out was that he was desperately low in vitamin D. So mm-hmm. I, I loaded him up with mega high doses of vitamin D over a decent period of time. I put an implant yeah. in. I buried it. Yeah. I left it for a reasonable amount of time, three or four months. I went to uncover it. It spun. I thought, Oh Whoa. God, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the next guy to do it. But it, it kind of it looked, it looked right. It looked right. It just spun. So I just buried yeah. it for another couple of months, you know, uncovered mm-hmm. it and it was fine and it's loaded now yeah. and everything's great. But, but it's, you know, weird stuff goes on with people yeah. and, I haven't noticed that bones worse. You know, I just assume I'm treating sicker people. So it's
1: it's a uh, it's, it's a it's a similar thing uh, in our practice. It's because we do well. We at Evo, I, we only do full arch. Is yeah. our average our average patient age is um, is is it's around sixty three something like that. So these yeah. patients are coming in generally. They've had perio, they've had bone loss, they, 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 they've got some sort of systemic issues, be it diabetes or, or some sort of cardiovascular issue. Um, so these patients are, are compromised coming in. Um, I do work part-time in a practice separately as well. Uh, and I am fortunate that in my practice separately, I do have the UVC chamber, which I use on, on, on all yeah. of my implants. And... <clears throat> um, uh, you can also use an alkali solution. I, I did a podcast on, the, on, on this uh, a few weeks ago called Super Osteo Integration, And for me, that is, that is actually a very simple way to start to tip the balance in our favor, because effectively what we're doing is we're upregulating the, the host response just by removing any hydrocarbon contamination off, off the surface of the implant. So if anybody is treating people who, who who are a little bit sicker and you want to tip the balance in our favor, it's yeah, promoting, my own, my, promoting my own podcast now. But do listen to, to, to the information on the super osseointegration because it's not a small increase in bone-to-implant contact ratio. For treated surface implants, you can get a bone-to-implant contact ratio of 98%. Now, um, the, the issue that I had is I couldn't find any long-term data on it, but the data that was available was like over the first 8 to 12 weeks, which is the critical point anyway. <clears throat> so is even if you have that big ramp to start with and it slowly peters off, at least it's at that critical stage. And we, you know, we're, 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 we're helping more patients basically. Okay. <laughs> so it's um but yes certainly uh, vitamin d uh, i also will put my some of my patients if they're a little bit sicker on vsl3 which is a very very strong uh, probiotic um I, I i personally take it as well and again it's there i've been reading some papers um bill that i, I I've found that a lot lot of the good data is not actually in dental journals, it's in medical journals. Um, And some of the orthopedic uh, papers suggest that giving patients very strong probiotics is so good for increasing bone density that they're considering it a preventative measure against osteoporosis. So that that is how strong the link is between gut bacteria and bone mineral density. So we need to read around the subjects more to understand, so that we can help these patients who uh, who are more compromised. Um, yeah. I mean, apart from the vitamin D, is there anything else that you've come across that 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 I can that I can use to help my patients more?
0: I don't have any magic. I don't have any magic solutions. You know, clean surgery, quick surgery. You know, I don't aim to be the quickest, but. But the the less you're keeping bone uncovered, you know. If if you if you've got a, a slick team that works well together, you know, your nurse is there suctioning well. It, you know what it's like when you've got an experienced nurse and a new nurse. It's worlds yeah. apart. Your your life is yeah. either happy and smooth or it's challenging and you're biting your tongue all the while. You know, you know what it's like. Um and and you know if you've got a nurse who who keeps everything in the mouth clean saliva free irrigated well you know i'm sure that's half the battle but again you know there are most most people placing implants out there aren't implant nerds like you and me who you know live for this stuff you know they place 20 implants a year uh-huh. and they don't have a huge surgical background. And yet most of what they do somehow manages to work. I mean I, I I'm I think I think just the fact that we can stick a metal screw in bone and get bone to grow to it, I just I've blown away it's by fantastic. that every day I do it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so there's there's no magic juice, there's no, you know, magic graft, there's no magic anything. It it's it's attention to detail um yeah. paulo marlo i was over god so many years ago now 15 years ago maybe over in uh lisbon and he said he said good's easy to get goods anyone can get easy goods good's easy to get yeah. perfect is a yawning chasm of difficulty away from good <laughs> you know you've got to get every single bit nailed yeah, and and that normally takes A lot of incremental learning over a long period of time and a good team that work with. I mean, you you at Evo, uh, you know, me at the Implant Center, we've got an incredible team. You know, like you've we got a laboratory on site, a big laboratory now, crazy smart people. You know, we've got a fantastic restorative team. The nursing team are brilliant. It's just it. That's what you need. You need the team. And you need just a long period of incremental learning. And again, most people placing implants, they're the only person in the practice who places. So they've got no one to learn and bounce ideas off easily. You know, you at Evo, me, I can walk next door and just speak to someone who's got, you know, more experience than I do, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of implants under their belt. And we can, you know, bat ideas across. The the ability to do a joint clinic where you have a, a surgical specialist, a restorative specialist and a chief technician is just yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm just living the dream. It's just brilliant.
1: For, for, for all of our cases at evo uh, on, on a Wednesday afternoon we have a multidisciplinary team meeting and in that meeting we, pl- we plan next next week's cases in, yeah. in, in a very high amount of detail. So what happens at that meeting is there are there are four dentists looking at one case plus the technical team. The wealth of, of, of experience that that gets because something somebody will pick up something that you've missed. And if yeah. I'm doing the surgery, I know Rudy's looked at it, I've looked at it, Vlad's looked at it, and and and, and Jess has looked at it as well. Plus my technical team's looked at it. I'm much more confident going into surgery. Yeah. Um, one of the things that 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 really blew, blew me away about your practice, Bill, is that the, the on site lab that you have is just is the, their attention to detail is is just incredible as well because. Um, <clears throat> Because our lab at Evo is closed, so an external person can't send us in any work. But yours is an open lab, isn't it? So people can send in work. And uh, obviously, was, when you're talking about a lab where all they do is, is is implant work all day, every day, you start to become very, very proficient at it. So is, is that one of the reasons why you originally opened the lab? Because you wanted that level of control on site to make sure everything yes. was done how you Yeah, it, to.
0: it took yeah. us five, six, seven years to open the laboratory, and we hated those seven years yeah. um, because we didn't have control. We were using a, a laboratory owned, managed by someone else. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we were very lucky kind of just oh. coming across fortuitously John Dolding, who runs it, uh, and he is a driven person. He, you know, he was a platinum chairman technician and all, he had he ticked all the boxes with his training but he just he's built that lab an incredible amount we we are now at the moment in the process of completely rebuilding the laboratory uh, massively expanding it there's a whole load of building work going on um you know i'd love you to come down and see it in nine months when everything's finished and, and kind of lockdown's right. over and, and, and I, I think I might be coming up to Evo in a few weeks,
1: um, Fantastic.
0: but to, to, you know, to, to see what you guys are doing and, and for us to be able to show off what we're now doing, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm living the dream every day I go in, yeah. except yeah. for today when it was really quite a tough day.
1: <laughs> you get those days. <laughs> oh, you do. You do. Yeah. Absolutely, but, but um, see,
0: see, I'm, I'm lucky. I, I don't, I don't go into work. I, I don't work. I, I go yeah. in and I do what I love doing, and, and I have fun, and and I'm learning so many new stuff. Whether it's yeah. intraoral scanning and that digital side, whether it's um, guided surgery, you know, I've yeah. gone from being a, a a fairly experienced, supposedly good um, manual placer of implants to having to learn the basics of digital planning and and digital placement guided placement you know from youtube videos and learning it myself and and spending hours and hours and hours endless hours um you know learning and planning cases and you know i'm 54 now and and i love learning new stuff i love it
1: yeah, I mean this. This is the this is the level of commitment that Faran and I were talking about um, as well. Because uh, Farhan and I were talking about how to progress your implant career and mentoring, and one of the things that that came across is you know you really need to have a passion for it because it's, it's very easy to get into implants just from the amount of courses that are coming out there, but. Is to really progress and start to hone your skills. You need to have this attitude of continued learning, and it, it, it is a lot of fun. You know, the number of times what I will say to me, "Is that the last paper you're reading?" Because you've got to come down and sit, you know spend a bit of time with yeah. us. Now I was like, "Yes, I promise." Last last paper. Yeah. And, it, it, and as you said, going into work, it's you know, it's fantastic. I love it. The team that I've got is is is, is just amazing. I can't I can't yeah. imagine working in another fashion. So yeah yeah it's it's good to hear that you've got that that level of passion for it as well as I have as well but also like you said
0: you've you know you've got the team around you they they make they make working easy we've we've got we've got an astonishingly good management and um and administrative side to my business so so although I'm I'm one of the owners and directors of the business it's run for me you know, so so again, having that team just just makes it possible for me to
1: play doing implants every day. And one of the things that uh, again stood out for me, my trip to you is is downstairs your clinic. It's really quite calm and serene, and upstairs where all the admin stuff goes, there are there were so many people there. It's the the amount of the amount of team members that that, that you had to to uh, to. To make sure everything runs smoothly, I was I was significantly impressed because my my practice previously for that was much, much smaller by comparison. I I I, I didn't know practices got that big. So, yeah, that was that was that was interesting.
0: So a lot of that is now because of COVID and because we've had to a lot of that is now outsourced to those same people, but at home. So we have a lot of our team working from home, but they take all the calls. So, so the reception team are not on the phones all day. The reception team are doing reception things. Um, You know, upstairs, all the queries are answered, all the follow-ups. You know, it's that's all done for me. Even things like you know, organising sedation appointments. There's a phenomenal amount of someone's got to. Do all the phoning around and the planning and the work. I don't do any of that. It's all done for me. And to do yeah. that, you you know, you build a team who does it. So again, they they allow me to play every day doing implants.
1: But I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could keep going for ages. I'm just aware that we're pushing close to fifty minutes now already. Yeah, um, yeah. I think. What I'm going to do is I'm probably going to let you get back to your evening very shortly. Just before you go, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind giving just a a short summary with regards to uh, I say short summary. We've been talking about it for nearly 15 minutes. Um, a short summary with regards to um, just briefly the, the pros and cons to the the, the, the steep deep internal uh, internal uh, um, implants. Just a summary for that. For like,
0: look, look, they don't smell. You don't need to verify impression posts. You can bury them way down deep in bone. They're mechanically strong, they're biologically nice. I like them, but all implants work if you know how to use your yeah. implant system well. Um, yeah. And there is no magic implant system. There's no one ideal implant system. You know, they all work if you know how to
1: use them. That's it. Yeah. That's the There's thing. no magic. I think it's, 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 it's learning the nuances of different implant systems yes that get, uh, that's
0: the key thing that's the biggest thing so so the yeah. classic thing that reps will see all all the you know you see from chatting to people someone will try yeah. an implant system they'll place 20 or 30 of them They'll have yep. some problems because they don't know the nuances and they'll say yes. that in plus system is crap. They'll buy another one. They won't bother learning the nuances. They'll so place another 20 or 30. They'll have different problems yep. and they'll go, that's another <laughs> crap system and they'll get a third one. And, and that happens all the while. You know, it takes a long while to learn the nuances of every system. Yep. And, <laughs> and, just like when you guys are planning your cases on the Wednesday afternoon, you will, you will be doing things completely subconsciously mm-hmm. that won't even occur to someone else. You know, you'll just see things differently. You'll you'll just know that something's right and something's not right. You know, when you're doing the planning, you'll look at an X-ray or look at a CT and go. Yeah, I'm not going to place it there. I just yeah. don't think it's going to be right. And you, you know, and you will be right. And you know, when someone less experienced is looking at the same X-ray, even if even if you say don't place it there, and when they when they say why, you'll go, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to work there. And you might not even mm-hmm. know, but but you do know, right? Yeah. Because you've put the hours in and you've just done it over and over and over. 10,000 hours of purposeful practice.
1: So anybody listening is uh, research the implant system that you want to, uh, that you want to work with and j- just keep going with it. You know, it's um, yeah. it, 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 it really is a case of, you know, going through the steps, having the failures, figuring out what went wrong with it, and then, uh, and, 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 and then refining your skill. For example, Bill, on, on that case that, that, that we were talking about earlier, earlier on today is – um, for me, for Southern, I know that I can place them at 100, 120 Newton centimeters. Ankylos, it's it's not designed to go in at that torque. You know, for, for You any, can try,
0: but you quickly learn not to. <laughs> uh,
1: but the reason why I can put the, uh, the Southerns in at such a high torque is I understand how to. Develop the osteotomy so that there's no pressure on on the neck of the implant and I can still achieve yep. that very high top. I understand how I understand how the, the, the carrier feels when it, when it when it's about to give. I understand that as the as the implant's going in. But you if only learn that
0: from breaking a lot of carriers.
1: Yes. I've broken <laughs> plenty of carriers that i have had to take the implants out, re-prepare the osteotomy, and yep. then and then put a new implant. and that goes down to learning the nuances of an implant system and that's something you you absolutely cannot avoid you have to learn the nuances of an implant system bill thank you so much for your time this evening it's been great real pleasure thanks for asking me and i really hope to see you at evo in the next few weeks that'd be fantastic to catch up again and i will definitely be coming down again in the next few months once Mm -hmm. your lab's
0: we, we trust me, we are gonna just be sponges soaking up what you guys do. Um, you know, we have so much to learn from you guys,
1: can't wait! Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, right. I've always got. Loads to learn from you as well, Bill. If anybody yeah. was interested in sending some uh, implants to your lab, could you just remind us of, the, of of the name of your lab? I'll put it. I'll put a link in the in, in in the podcast description as well. But if anybody wanted to Google search it, what what what's the name of your lab? Sure,
0: it's Ceramics Designs Laboratory. Okay, there we go. So Google that
1: Ceramics Designs Laboratory, CDL. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much, Bill. Enjoy the rest Replacing. of your evening. And yeah. take, take care. Bye now. Thank you.